Hi, this is Steve, and here are some more of my gaming vexes. Welcome to All Anthrexis Gaming Vexes. This podcast chronicles my ongoing efforts to try to run and or play all of the tabletop role-playing games that would otherwise sit on my shelves, looking pretty but gathering dust. Essentially, it's an attempt to rationalise all the foolish purchases I've made over the past six years, but it's fun to sit down with friends after we've finished a series and mull over our experiences with a system or setting. It's particularly fitting that this episode was released on 31st of October 2023, All Hallows' Eve, as in it, we look back on our experiences of playing Vampire the Masquerade 5th Edition over not one, but two separate series. The episode comes in two parts. In the first, we talk about our playthrough of the Fall of London campaign, which chronicles, there's that word again, the downfall of vampire society in 2012 at the hands of the Second Inquisition. Our group for this one included a mix of players, some very deep in the lore of Vampire the Masquerade, and others less so. I include myself in the latter group. The second part looks back over a shorter series I ran for Martin, Sam, Dirk the Dice and Blythe to give them a sense of how the fifth edition of Vampire the Masquerade runs. It's fair to say that the experience was not at all what they expected and underlines why the use of safety tools and a sensitive approach to the subject matter is so important in horror gaming. For those who are going to play The Fall of London, there are lots of spoilers in this episode, so you may want to stake this one and put it into torpor for the time being. For everyone else, grab a cushion to hide behind Turn on all the lights and get ready. Today we're going to talk about our game Vampire 5th Edition that we played recently. But first of all, we're just going to go around and I'd like to introduce yourself and a little bit about the character you've played. So Yeah, I'm Sam. Uh, Sam Zero Vale on the socials. Yeah, despite gaming for 40 plus years, never actually played any uh, World of Darkness game ever. Never really got interested in that. It was more it seemed a big gothy, emotional type of role play. Not nothing yeah. like the type of heroic gameplay I, I'd normally prefer. Uh, the older you get, the more you want to experience stuff though. You know, you've got to try everything before you go. So um, thanks to offering for you know to to run it for us, I think, yeah, I, I took the chance. I'm going to go for it. So I did. Uh, my character was uh, called Tommy. He was a, a Nosferatu mm-hmm. uh, ex-soldier. Uh, and we'll, we'll come a bit later on onto, onto the sort of change made during his... Yeah, he, he evolved, didn't he? He evolved a little bit. Say. Yeah. Quite right, too. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Sam. Uh, hi, I'm Kat. Um, I'm uh, at Mere Beer. I was playing uh, Dr. Henry Banerjee, um, who's a Carter doctor who dabbled in the occult which is how we came to the attention of kindred society um i have been i have played vampire quite a lot um i played from revised onwards um so this wasn't my first uh, shot at the rodeo um but it was great fun to play particularly with somebody who hadn't played before um because i did, did like the the way that it was structured and it worked really well too bring in new players and also myself too because I don't normally play pre-gen so it was quite fun to play um someone who turned out to be quite psychotic in a very low creepy manner yeah hi I'm Olga Maximenko I've uh played a character called Lady Catherine who was a venture who is well it was pre-gen character and I think I was the one who who joined the party last so I think that was that was the character mm. I was given and it's a venture and it's absolutely the the 
the type that I would never pick myself. So it was a, uh, you know, it was a challenge. It was interesting and it was a challenge. I'm really enjoying, really glad that I joined. Okay. Dude, yeah. I've played, um, I've played V20 before as a as a LARP for last three years, and then I've played some other tabletops which were also vampire, but they've never lasted this long, like a pre pre written long journey kind of thing. I'm more of a LARPer uh, in kind of in preference than tabletop or D and D and other stuff. But uh, this this one, the V5. I've yeah, was kind of the, the first proper, really long and finished kind of module that I've played with this character. Right. So I hope we haven't put you off too much anyway, at least. Okay. Oh, I love playing it. Hey, do you want to tell us a little bit about who you are, who you played in the game, if you can remember, and also your experience with World of Darkness games in general? Because I know you've got a, a long and storied history with this, haven't you? Yeah, it is a love, it is a love, hate, love, hate, <laughs> love, hate relationship. Uh, yeah. So, so I'm Kay on Twitter at K score zero. Um, and yeah, I've been playing um, in, in this game. I played Tony Castelli, the Bruja Pragmatic Fixer, who mm. also happens to be a trans man. And, um, you know, it was it was well out of my comfort zone in lots of different ways, but I was really up for the challenge of playing somebody quite different because I have played a fair amount of World of Darkness, particularly Vampire. Um, and, and I've, it's you know, Vampire still remains the one and only game that I've ever GM. And of course, you were part of my Vampire story. That, that I decided but, to tell in the fifth eight. The one and only game? You've, you've never jammed a game other than that, or? No, no, that was oh, okay. the only one I'd ever done. I'm, so. I'm, I'm surprised in that case, because it didn't you didn't come across as a novice gm or anything like that so oh well that's that's high praise from you definitely <laughs> but the thing was it's that it's the only game that i felt ever felt confident enough to gm because i knew the rules well enough and okay. um you know when i decided to run the game fifth fifth edition had only just come out mm. and everybody was just as new to the rule changes as i was so so i could i felt i could do a lot of different things with the rules and i guess we'll get onto that in a little bit um but yeah world of darkness games i've tried i never tried werewolf which was a real shame and i always wanted to but i just never mm. found a group who wanted to play it and i did almost get into a game of mage ascension okay but noped out because the rules were terrifying the further i got into the rules the more awful it was and it was one of those things like i think world of darkness is like boiling frogs in that if you do it if you increase the temperature slowly you okay. can boil a frog to death and it won't even notice <laughs> right. but if you throw a frog into a hot you know into a hot pot it will That's jump right thing. out the frog will notice and it will jump and <clears throat> that was mage for me mage was, right. was i got boiled very quickly with that yeah whereas with with vampire i've been with it you know since pre-gehenna era uh -huh. so so yeah you can put me into something that's very crunchy rules wise but, at least for world of darkness and i won't notice so much have you played lots of vampire in the past though not lots but a fair amount i think it's okay, you know, okay. of all the games of all the games that i've played it's one of the ones that i've played more often i always played uh mostly as a malkavian uh -huh. um and uh and and recently i got into sort of nosferatu stuff so i've so i've never played a bruja and it was really interesting to me to to play Tony. something different uh, yeah so i mean world of darkness i mean i can remember going into um uh, oxford street virgin megastore game store probably about 19 1990 thereabouts and i remember seeing uh, at the time i was buying a load of dark conspiracy and battle tech and that sort of stuff um but i remember seeing these these huge it's almost this whole wall full of of uh, green books with this rose on the front vampire the masquerade and i thought well, that's interesting and i remember I, I remember buying it 
I bought the book and I bought a few other bits and pieces, but it's the sort of thing that I, as with all these things, <laughs> you buy them. And I did, I think I maybe played once or twice, but it just wasn't the, the right speed for uh, the group. I remember, but it gives you an example of the type of players or the experience we had was one of the players, he called himself the ice cream man. And basically he, he was a weird um, vampire who had how he got an ice cream man that worked at an ice cream van that worked at night i don't know but anyway he was using an ice cream van to deal drugs for kids so we sort of drew a veil over that very very quickly and moved on to many other games but since then so that you know early 90s couple of sessions never played it since sam how did you manage to avoid it because it was everywhere in the 90s i mean you've you role played all those it, there, haven't you yeah i think it's all down to the group that i play with generally on a, on a weekly basis uh, none of them were very interested at all in it. It was all fantasy or a little bit of science fiction, but no one was interested, so I didn't really uh, explore it too much. And I had heard it was all gothy, emotional type of stuff. So lacy yeah, shirts, really, pretty shirts. Yeah, a lot, a lot of role playing rather than rolling dice. I, I, my group weren't really into that at the time, so yeah. mm, passed me by. Yeah, so you most of, you missed yeah. it completely. Wow, that's okay. I mean, I bought a load of stuff. I mean, I remember having. Um, so Vampire, I bought uh, Werewolf when it first came out, and Mage, The Ascension, and uh, Wraith. I, I think I bought loads of it, but again, it's one of those things that was just I purchased rather than played. Did all that cl- classic stuff get sold? During the of purge? course it did. It all went. I mean, it was worth it fortune now, but, uh, yeah. but yeah, no, it, all, it all went. I think I've still got it on PDF, but uh, it all went. Um, how about you, Cax? I think you, you're sort of a, a, a veteran um player of world of darkness aren't you? and running it as well yeah i do run, i do run actually and experience <laughs> not <laughs> old <laughs> uh so be fair i'm i'm getting to that age now i don't really care if people call me <laughs> you've all heard of my rant about um about the weekend and, and young people going out being annoying <laughs> um, but no um i missed i missed the first flush of vampire because at the time when it came out i wasn't even aware of role-playing games really oddly it wasn't a thing in um where i was um in essex at all there wasn't role-playing i even went back and googled to check there wasn't any role-playing groups as far as i can see that ever hit the internet of people remembering to play in essex around the area i was but i did catch on to it later on I first um, saw the book when I was actually buying my my first ever role-playing book. I did see it, picked it up, quite liked it. But the group I was in went, oh, no, 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 no. That, that's full of edgelords and goths who don't want to go there. And I do believe they all said wannabe LARPers as well was part of the, the thing. Because I was a little bit... That's a bit hard. Um, so it took accurate, a few years after that until yeah, I found accurate, a group. Yeah. Quite accurate. <laughs> it took a, a little while after that until I found a group. Um, and then basically I do prefer it to other role-playing games. I do prefer the personal reflection, the politics, and the fact you, you know, it's better to try and get around things without fighting if you can help it. <laughs> I well, often. Tell that to uh, Sam's character, Tommy. That was uh, Tommy's go-to. Uh, and to be fair, he was quite good at it. He was so. very good at it. Oh, yeah, <laughs> he was extremely good at it. Yeah. Um, so, so what was your um was it was vampire your your go-to or was it one of the other games like mage or, um, it, or changeling or whatever one of the other other mummy whatever the other myriad of games there were hey i think there's pretty changeling race i i have tried changing oddly enough i'm not a fan of changeling uh, mostly because some of the old style canon which i know they took out um in later editions but when i because some of it is a little bit creepy 
mm. um, and not creepy in a good way. So they took that out, but I just never really liked it. And I preferred Rafe anyway. I preferred the yeah. idea of actually playing someone who has died and that kind of attempt sort of redemption side rather than running around being a fairy. Um, I didn't really like Changeling. Um, do you like Werewolf? Um, I like the idea of it more so because I've never played in a game where it's worked well. But I suspect that's because the GM doesn't didn't really get behind the ethos of it. They were more a vampire GM, and I don't think they could get behind the werewolf side of it very well. Well, Werewolf 5th Edition has just been announced. Well, it's yeah. not really announced. It's actually up for pre-order now, So, and I'm sorely tempted by I'm that. I'm very tempted because I've been seeing the art that's coming out for it, um, yeah. and after what they did with, as I said, with, with Vampire and with Hunter, mm. I think they're really well done new editions of the game, so I would really like to see what they've done in that to... You know, because it does look rather awesome. Yeah, it's got to be done, awesome. isn't it? I suspect <clears> time, rather than get the disappointment of playing in a game and just having it wrecked for me, I think I might run it because... I, I can wreck it for you. Don't worry, can't. I okay. can uh, answer that. <laughs> <laughs> Olga, what about you? So, so you say you were more uh, of a more into LARP than yeah. Else. Well, when I was a, when I was a teenager, I did I was aware of the of the of the books, and I remember because in La in La I'm from Latvia, and in Latvia when I was kind of growing up, we uh, like we. There's nowhere you can buy these books physically. You can't really buy mm. them. The only way you can get them is you can get maybe a PDF online. So I have not actually seen a physical book until I think I came to UK and saw mm -hmm. it in a shop. Um, so like it was not even possible to just go to a shop and find out about them. You had to find out about them through your friends who were also into like uh, tabletop gaming or any other you know uh, you know alternate kind of hobby you know sci-fi sci fantasy all that stuff. And I, I always wanted to play vampire. But because it's so difficult, so inaccessible to, to, to find it, and also it's in English, my first language is Russian, mm -hmm. like there's a lot of language barriers. So you'd have to know, uh, you'd have to know it pretty, you know, pretty well. Obviously it's to be translated and stuff, but mm -hmm. you'd have to kind of know the people who are playing it to even join any groups. And it was not, doesn't really anywhere advertised it, you know, so it was, I've never really been able to join it, but I really always really wanted to. And whenever I've joined the group, it would kind of just fall apart or it would just, you know, dissipate. And it'd be kind of always at the end of their um, cycle of the module or whatever. So I uh, think so. But you obviously, obviously, LARP, Vampire LARP, you've been um, well into that for the last, was it, say, three well, years? Yeah, last three years. Yeah, I joined, joined the local LARP, uh, uh, not local, but in Scotland. Uh, I've been playing it over Discord and then played it live as well. I was mm. driving there once a month. So that's mm. based on V20 rules. Uh, and that one has actually been running for, I think, a really, really long time. It's a couple of uh, two decades, maybe, maybe more. Well, I don't know. It's a, it's a really then. long running game. Yeah. Um, and it's based on the, on the book, but they're playing it as a, a LARP. Because there's also the variation of playing these rules as a LARP, uh, as a LARP um, I think it's called Mind's Eye Theatre. That's right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's not that. They're just basically trying to, you know, convert the book into trying to play it live. Mm. So it's like a very, very big tabletop. A different set, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. So we've got a, sort of a, a bit of a range of experiences then. So obviously, you know, it, the game's been around for quite a while and it's gone through quite a few iterations. So the latest is 5th is edition. Um, so Vampire 5e, not 5th not edition as in 
<laughs> Wizards of the Coast Fifth Edition. Uh, it was written by Ken Height, interestingly. So, or at least he was the main, the lead writer on it. And interestingly, he always said that he wanted vampires to be the bad guys, and because uh, he wrote Knights Black Agents prior to this, and in that, obviously, you know, the vampires are all all bad. And so, it was, I think it was quite an interesting turnabout for him to to write this. And I think <clears throat> one of the complaints about that I've heard and is that the old vampire used to be very much sort of um, superheroes in, in, in long black leather coats. Whereas in this one, I think, I mean, we'll talk about the rules anyway, but I think it seems to be more about that spiral into you know, losing humanity. You know, it's harder to keep hold of humanity. It's more about the beast coming to the fore. Um, I mean, is that something that came through for you? based on your previous yeah i mean experience. the the retrospection and i mean they they actually don't have it i don't think they do have it written down in the current v5 book but the old editions it was always beast i am less the beast i become which it was always supposed to be personal retrospection but that was never put into the mechanics particularly well there was always a humanity mechanic but it wasn't particularly written down well but what was was an awful lot of of powers and stuff where you could be um blade if you wanted to you could be the the wizard um vampire mage or you know casting fireballs while levitating and going through walls whereas i think with v5 and uh, to be fair when i first heard that kenneth height was going to be doing it i thought oh God, he hates Empire. Why have they picked him? <laughs> and then I realised, actually, no, he's actually very good for this because while he wasn't a big fan of it, and he, I believe there was a couple of interviews where he's actually said he wasn't, mm. that's the ideal person to go through and cut through an awful lot of tape and doesn't feel the need to historically keep something just because it was there for the last four editions. So I think he would go through and he cut down a lot of stuff. Also, mechanics-wise, um, previously, the disciplines, um, they were in... The dot formation mm. but for example if say tommy had gone for i don't know potent three you'd have had anything else underneath well, actually potence is a really bad example of that but a uh, celerity or something else you'd have all the dots underneath as well you right. wouldn't just pick and choose one power from mm -hmm. each bit yep that made you very powerful very quickly um humans were pretty much they were cattle you know you could mm. use control crowds etc and humans weren't very dangerous in some of the older editions which i always thought was stupid because they're around there's a lot of them um they and can they've got guns down. yeah they have guns they can as i said within v5 i think the best start for it was the blowing up of the chancery in Vienna. Mm basically proved they could do a drone strike and get rid of a mass of kindred in one fell swoop. Yeah, so vampires that, aren't the, the be-all and end-all, are they, anymore? Not, as they used to be. Well, I mean, you are powerful. I mean, the fact that for a lot of this uh, persuasion power, etc., you can, if they are just kind, basically you win. Um, but that's a one-on-one -on -one basis. Um, maybe if you, I think if you get Majesty still, you can basically awe a whole crowd of them. Mm -hmm. I suspect is what Arwen did, uh, an amalgamation of something similar to that one in the tunnels so you can do that if you get high enough but your average starting vampire can't stack the dice together because mm. in the old editions if i wanted to do that when i was doing character you kind of do a one trick pony you'd have your one of your your uh, disciplines you'd have it a four already probably nothing else in anything else and then you'd just buy the lower discipline data because it's so expensive to get to five mm. and then you just wipe so you the table powerful. And, yeah yeah I mean, the actual um, the, the the core mechanic of the of the game. I'll come to to, to see you, Sam and Olga, and say about rules. I mean, the core mechanic mm -hmm. hasn't really changed. It's a dice pool mechanic. So basically, you, you sort of um, you know, as Cat's referred to, to dots, you end up where you have dots in attributes, so like strength or whatever um and then you have dots in abilities and basically you end up with you know a number of d10s you're just rolling them every dice that's above six or greater 
is a success and, and it's basically you're trying to get a certain number of successes so it's very simple um i think that the thing is is that well there's, there's two things that that conspire so one is that the rule book is not brilliantly put together and there's all the information's in there but it's all over the place and it's really easy to get lost i think you know they've they've changed that in hunter so that the, the new version of hunter reckoning that um it's, it's a lot simpler um says so that but also and i know sam loves this in games there's lots and lots of subsystems and things that that happen in a particular way which might use the same core mechanic but they're a little bit different each way um so i i don't know we, i think we've played it for many many sessions i think i've just about got my head <laughs> around the rules now but there what, you go. I, what i prefer with the v5 is that they've done the hunger so because mm. i play quite a lot of v20 the v20 requires you to remember so many dots and you have to make your pools in a very clever we have to be aware of so many different things that can contribute to your pool and then they don't really have the hunger but you they have the blood pool there so your blood pool is dependent on your generation dependent you can like you can you know you can extend it if you if you're very very low generation or whatever uh, and that will kind of help you spend it on different disciplines so the more blood you have the more blood you have the more you can spend it on discipline so they don't have that kind of you reaching towards the hunger yeah. you know you're whereas here it's you always everybody has the same amount of dice and you're all going back down to that zero hunger you're always yeah. uh, you, you have that timer almost and that's yeah. i think that that helps to to me it helps to play i know that there's a lot of fans of v20 uh, that i i friends of mine who are absolutely hating the whole uh, hunger thing because they prefer the old system because it gives you like more freedom and more combinations of things you can do because like you can spend blood on imp improving some attributes or you you can who knew gamers preferred previous editions that uh, that never happens <laughs> yeah yeah um so, so yeah like for me i, I prefer the less numbers there are the better uh, so the less the numbers you have to remember and this kind of is a very core thing because you you understand this as a story element it's not just uh, you know red juice that you drink to become a superhero it's an act you're you're cutting down towards that beast and that makes a better story in my opinion yeah cool. i also i like the fact with the blood pool compared to v20 and old edition is now you've got underworld make mechanic blood is no longer just a resource that you just top up every so often you know my older characters would like have a blood pool mm -hmm. 20 all i've got to do is just make oh, jesus christ popped. 20 oh my goodness <laughs> i i play quite you know, a few how many did you diabolize a lot um but the, and also by humanity as well mm, so nice. I, I played that whole arc instead so mm -hmm. I, I need to keep topped up so i didn't get hungry and snack on mm -hmm. somebody accidentally yeah. um but i love the way that it's variable so like when tommy was active powers you know the rouse check maybe he'll get hungrier maybe he won't but mm. you don't know until you do it mm. because there was that one time where he was just you as you know sam you were just rolling you know higher the whole time and you just went through no problems at all and went out of it just covered in blood but it was nobody else's and you weren't any hungrier <laughs> but you know and then other times it was you just you could see the slide where it was going to be i might get a stain here because i'm going to eat somebody mm -hmm. and i love mm -hmm. that because you didn't have that danger in some of the earlier editions you do now yeah there's not a lot to draw on so what do you think Sam? Felt, certainly felt like a balance was, was struck there you had to, you had to be aware of where you were <laughs> hunger wise where you were uh, with your with the combat uh that's about to happen for example um, i'm glad we played on foundry because i think i still haven't worked out how the critical dice work i just relied on how the, what the, uh, the results you, go you and me both sam 
I mean, what, what were those little dots on the... I don't know. But anyway, yeah, it, it, they're also pretty simple when you, when you break it down. Mm. Uh, once you get your head around it, it's, it's just a dice pool system, isn't it? Uh, but the mm. subsystems were confusing. Yeah, I think the, more, the, um, the more we played, the, the easier it got, though. I think we, we sort yeah. of mastered it towards the end. I think I think what's interesting... Well, I think mastered it is probably a strong term. We got used to it one time we it finished was, playing. It was flexible enough for us to just you know yeah. move along, not not get yeah. stumbled on the, on the numbers and on the dots, which is all of Empire System, all I think World of Darkness have very clunky, complicated, they make it more more is more, and that sometimes gets in the way of playing and you know our our version of the game that we've we've run through we didn't really have that many hiccups we just kind of moved along yeah so i mean the way that the combat's supposed to work and again i think you can tell that vampire is was a, was a stop on a journey so in, in vampire in the rules there are lots of options around combat so you can make it as crunchy well quite crunchy or not crunchy at all which is the way we went you can tell that in hunter which is the, the fifth edition afterwards they simplified it right down so the way that it works in hunter and the way that we played it was that where we played it generally was that you had three rounds so whether it be a, a physical combat or a social combat you had three goes at it generally and at, at the end of those three rounds it was right is you know have you achieved what you wanted to do if not you could push it a bit further and depending on how many of those rounds you won you could succeed or but you'd more like to take more damage but it, it was it was relatively simple so I and mean, we did get into a few combats but it, it, i don't think they ever it was never as long as i don't know a rune quest combat for example it wasn't that sort of uh, well you didn't want it to be as, as long because it's so dangerous yeah mm. yeah definitely uh, I, I did like the three and out system though because it meant you could use your willpower up early and knew it was, <laughs> knew it was available to use early and yeah, especially when you had like maybe two or three combats, or what you may, I think we had maybe two combats maximum per uh, play session, mm-hmm. and because willpower did regenerate in between. But again, I think you know that there's a lot of. I mean, without again without going into too much detail, there are a lot of things happening. So you made reference some um, to the criticals, so how criticals work, and that's there's specific dice. That, I mean, you can use any sort of d10s, but you have messy criticals or bestial failures you know or then you've got as you said we referred to hunger which is used to you know is using blood to drive your powers you can use willpower points to reroll up to three of your dice but then some of your dice have got to be hunger dice so i think again core mechanic but there's lots of stuff hanging on it and i think yes founder did a lot of workforce which was great I think we would have struggled. Well, I certainly would have struggled a little bit more um, if we were doing it on, on a tabletop. I, I like some of the streamlining, like this whole sort of three rounds and you're done thing. Yeah. You know, for, for social combat and, and for combat combat, I mm. thought was really good. Um, and there's there's a lot of the the kind of the old layers of upon layers of faffiness seem to be something that you could actually quite easily ignore. Yeah. But then the way that my friends and I always played it is that we played it as supernatural super villains having a really great time just going around and being chaotic and and, and weird yeah. and so we never really got that deep into those layers anyway I don't think uh, yeah. as players because we were far too interested in being cool and slightly edgy and all of those things that now that I'm 50 make me cringe to death a little bit inside and I'm sure that we'll be talking about some of those cringe moments later on I was I was watching the uh, Matrix Resurrection Actions. Uh, I started watching that last night, and then you're looking back at Neo in the 90s. Was it the 90s or whenever it was? You know, yeah. it was when Matrix came out, all in long black coats and that sort of thing. It took me right back to the Crow and you know all that. And I was thinking, yeah, that that's what Vampire was. 
Um, but in, I think in the in the new um, system or the version five system, yes, they've they've simplified quite a lot. But I think you know when we were when we were playing, I was a player in your game, and we were looking at the the rule book and we're saying, "Blimey, this is so badly organised. There's bits everywhere, you know." And you can tell that it's it's much more of a work in progress really because i mean hunter the fifth edition you know hunter version five is really stripped down so you know in vampire they give you lots of combat options so you can you can make it as crunchy as you like in hunter which you know theoretically could be a more combat heavy game it, it's not there so it's very much that you know three three rounds and you're out that sort of stuff so i don't know what your thoughts are about when you when you were trying to gm it and looking through the rule book i don't know how, how that struck you well this was the thing that that really surprised me because to me vampire has always been relatively rules light and it's been more about storytelling hence calling mm. the gm a storyteller and you know everybody likes a good lookup table every now and then but the the point of vampire was is that you could just completely ignore it and just work within you know dice pools and opposed roles and things like that which are actually quite intuitive when you think about it mm. um so i was like oh this is this is really good the only thing i need to do is count the dots on the page and that's how many dice i've got this is really simple um but with the with the 50 fifth edition rules they'd obviously decided to add a few little peccadillos here things like the the um feeding styles and yeah. the concept of blood resonances and things like oh, that which, which just crazies and stuff and i just yeah yeah that, that the whole thing to me was just like oh talk about taking the fun out of the one thing that's actually you know this is this is an economy blood is an economy in the game yeah and to to sort of you know add these bells and whistles to it just takes away from the fact that you know this is very much a blood and willpower and humanity economy these are the three yeah. three things that we will be marshalling throughout the game so anything that kind of messes with that and makes that complicated and gives it you know the chance for you to talk about you know feeling melancholic from someone's blood resonance is yeah. just a distraction and and i don't think i don't think anybody would really want to have fun and play with that unless you were playing in a campaign that's the mm. size of fall of london or even bigger yeah and you want to play at the kind of pace where every minute of game time takes 20 or 30 to play yeah. or more you know you'll have been at the table for four hours and uh, and you'll still be in the first course of your three course which meal. is fine if, if that's the sort of game you want to play but who's got time for that when you've got a whole shelf full of games you want to get through you know and to be honest you know as a gm i'd probably get a bit bored of that and i'll probably you know some i mean some groups would love it wouldn't they really um but i'm interested in what you're saying about that whole um you know the blood and, and willpower economy now, the willpower stuff is relatively straightforward i mean the big change they've made is as i understand it is going to uh, hunger dice in this so you've only got five levels of, of hunger and then you know obviously that's got a lot of issues did you feel that that was sort of constraining in terms of the, the gameplay or oh, am i going to just go back and, and undo everything that i've just said because actually no, no, that one that one economy you know the fact that it's it's like it's like you know sanity in in yeah. delta green or or call of cthulhu in that you feel like you've got absolutely tons of it and then very quickly the zero sum game comes in and you realize yeah. that actually you don't have that much and it gives you this great urgency and i think that came across in this game really well because this is the only time even though i played a lot of vampire that my character has frenzied yeah. and on a hunger okay. frenzy and uh, and it was great when i was like actually this is starting to get a little bit hairy no this is really hairy oh my god yeah. if i roll badly i'm going to frenzy am i going to do it yeah let's do it let's see what happens let's just yeah. just throw that in so so that was actually conversely quite interesting but yeah. i think that's because it's a big deep game mechanic rather than 
oh let's attack an extra subsystem yeah, on yeah. Th subsystem. there are bits that are you can you can leave so i mean i think yeah the whole thing about blood resonance that's something that's a bit get, i think that's a bit weird to me because the whole idea about that is you sort of you know you've got somebody you feed from as, as a vampire and, and you torment them in some way to make them a bit more choleric or what and that just felt no that's 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 wrong. You don't do. You might draw. You want to draw a veil over that stuff. You don't, unless you really want to get into that. That just feels a bit odd to me. It feels almost like cult, the the role playing game, or how I imagine it is. Um, <laughs> where, whereas you know things like hunger, absolutely willpower is, is core. You know, um, there's stuff like uh, memoriam, which we use a little bit. So the idea being that you could, um, because your character in this game, and we'll talk more about this of the, the the setup in a second, but you were long-lived so you were quite, you were old older vampires you know quite powerful and then for for some reason you're put into torpor and you come back back out so the idea being that you've done stuff in the past and so i quite like that as a mechanic memoriam because it sort of gives a bit of depth to your character which you don't need to write in advance um yeah and we use that a couple of times but again it's it's something that takes you out of group you have to do it separately i think with the with the player which you know so if you're trying to do it in a in a um you know, we've got a group of five around a table or whatever. It's a bit like the four everyone else is going dum de dum de dum de dum <laughs> you know, while you do your memoriam and you know get what it is. But I think yeah, I think there's you get the I get the impression that five E vampire was very much, you know, we're experimenting, we're gonna throw the kitchen sink at it, and then we're gonna see what works and then we will take that and, and adapt it. And I'll and I'll be really interested to see what they do with Werewolf version five. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting, isn't it? Because th that whole memoriam thing to me felt very Delta Green. It was definitely something that felt like it came from another system or came mm. from outside uh, rather than being a natural thing that came out of previous world of darkness stuff um because it was a bit like you know going in and retconning i mean maybe we were just using it wrong because we, we were using it to sort of you know to to set up things that we could use kind of there and then and mm. set them up in the past and that sort of flashback feel um but also it was quite nice to to be able to sort of take us take us out of our characters and, and put us into other characters at the same time, which I've seen in things like Traveller. So yeah. so that definitely felt like it came it came from a different system. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how much of that kind of stuff makes it into the world of darkness pantheon of games, and which yeah. which bits are just going to be vampire only. Yeah, I think I think what you're saying about. Um take from other games so obviously ken height wrote, wrote was the lead writer on fifth edition vampire um and actually in the back of the book it talks about it does stuff that you'd expect in that i've seen knights black agents so it talks about preparedness precisely yeah <laughs> in a, but you can see obviously going oh i've done that mechanic let's jam that in here as well so you know and i'm i'm definitely not averse to jamming mechanics into games because i do it all the time but you can see it was really quite quite obvious um and he's obviously got hobby so there's a thing about called projects which we sort of touched on a little bit you know which is sort of long-term uh, uh undertakings by you know by vampires because they, they live potentially forever so they can spend 20 years doing something obviously in game that's quite hard to do but you can see you see where they're trying to get to they're trying to get that depth of um characterization with vampires but yeah not sure how much of it is practical but if you try to do everything in the rule book number one it's badly organized number two there's too many bits going on and frankly you know i have trouble reading rules anyway so you know well um, yes I, I tried to read up a bit on on uh, tony castelli the character before coming yeah. in and talking tonight because obviously i haven't looked at him since we played and and i realized that i've got the because i've got the 
rule books and mm. uh, and i realized that all the stuff about the characters in the rule books is white text on black background which is just the least accessible thing that you i mean they could have made it red text on black background i think that would be the only way to make it less make it accessible <laughs> yeah but as somebody who's in between specs at the moment that was an absolute nightmare, nightmare. even in pdf so um yeah let's not talk about the the book yeah. it, it sounds as though we feel as though the rules were were pretty good so i think we we were okay it, and so for those of you who are coming from so sam obviously new to it i mean it sounds like you felt it was it was okay it worked it worked pretty well yeah it worked okay yeah, yeah I, I did like the balance that you had to you had to think about quite a lot uh, with mm. the with it using up your your blood and your you're having your hunger available that was quite a good balance to to do so you, you couldn't yeah, quite nice. you could activate your big powers all the time or you might be able to do it keep doing it so if you're using a power you have to make all rouse checks, so you rolled a d10, and if it was six or more, then you your power activated. It would always activate, but it's whether you got hungry while you were doing it. Um, but yeah, yeah, I know, and, I know and, towards that last that last few encounters, Cat uh, and uh, K were both high on their hunger stat, weren't they? So didn't really want to be pushing it too hard. Yeah, and yeah. so again, you know, hanging off that, you've got this thing. If you if you're too hungry and you're in sight of blood, you then frenzy and. Uh, I think it's just what's hard is to remember all that stuff. Oh, that triggers this now, and that might do that. And that, yeah, that was that was quite hard. I think that's why they're simple. I mean, to be fair, vampire really combat should have always been quite cinematic and quite short, deadly, and and you know you should always leave it at the point of that was awesome rather than oh god what's he going to be doing in his turn type thing that can happen in some very crunchy games. Yeah. Um, so I do like the fact that I think the combat was was pared down a lot. I know some yeah. people like like big long combats like in RuneQuest. I'm not <laughs> a massive fan of them because people do disengage in long combat. Yeah. You know, it is like great, it's Sam's turn. I'm gonna go make a cup of tea because he's gonna be ten minutes. Yeah. Is that dis <laughs> I'm not not that you were, but just you know, that that can happen in some other games. Oh yeah. Didn't. In in yeah in other in previous edition if you have celerity high celerity celerity five you spend five blood and you have five turns before anybody else so a turn could last up to forty minutes so it's we we had you know we had very very good cinematic short fights which uh, you know I definitely enjoyed I, I appreciate yeah. that my, my attention was and I think because it gives you options so if you we'll, we'll sort of move off rules in a second but um, that they're quite hot on. Um, so opposing capso npcs you don't you, i mean you can roll for them but generally they'll say you know because you know that you know if you've got a dice pool of eight for example you, you're usually going to get four successes because mm -hmm. it's you know half so basically they say right well, okay that means this character that's npc fighting against if you get more than four successes then you beat them so you don't always have to roll i think sometimes you can do it to make it you know give it a bit of tension but especially if you're just fighting against you know operation antigen sort of police or whatever um it's a bit quicker Right, so we played uh, through the fall of London. So this is sort of uh, it's it's. I think one of the things that, that Vampire was always, as I understand, was really poor at was having good scenarios. So like sort of campaigns that it was tend to be lots of you know background and lore, but not very many ways. You know, this is how you actually play the game. So I think I was really taken when Fall of London came out. And so the idea is, or the the, the pitch is that you've got a group of. Um, existing and so relatively powerful uh, kindred so vampires who have reawoken after some 70 years in torpor basically in deep sleep uh, and they awaken in london in 2012 when things are hitting the fan so cat referred to um this uh 
sort of nest of vampires in Vienna, which is was firebombed in the in the law. And it's the, the same thing is about to happen in London. So it's all going to hell in London and, and the characters are there to sort of to do a particular activity to try and um, sort of mitigate that a little bit. Um, so I, I thought it's quite a good setup. I think in, in yeah, so thinking it to, to when I was running the game, because you've got player characters who are amnesiacs. And so one of the problems with with vampire, I think, is the just the amount of law that's in it. Um, and we'll we'll come to Sam in a second, who's a newbie to all this, and see how how effective it was. I knew a little bit, and you, and also because I've read the stuff. Um, but I thought amnesiac PCs, that's great. They were they were um, uh, pregens, so you know, and it was they were built into the um, the, the story. Um, and so I was thinking it was a good way to get characters in without too much exposition. But those, I think it was a great idea, the setup, how, how it was going to work for new mm. people. Uh, still pretty confusing with all the game terms that were flying around. Because I was, yeah. remember, I was playing with three experienced vamps already. Yes. Who knew, knew what they were doing. Uh, once we'd worked out the plot, though, I think it was uh, pretty simple. Just yeah. you know, get these five items yeah. and get for your lord. It's basically a, a, a standard RPG plot, isn't it? It was. It was a five-room dungeon, wasn't it, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, so the, the the hardest bit was working out who to trust um, and avoiding your antigen conflicts yeah. that were going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I suppose you know, obviously, how did it? I mean, because I tried to sort of not spoon feed. That's wrong. To sort of paste the the. I mean, I'm not a law expert by any stretch, and I think you know. Again, we had this we had this conversation we talked about in the RuneQuest episode that you know we, as you say, Sam, we had people who knew far out far more than you or I about vampire. Um, but they were just very generous about saying, actually, uh, it, it, you guys helped out with the law, actually, was, which was really helpful. Um, but did it did it feel like you were thrown in the deep end? Um, yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I had read uh, read up a little bit of, I'd done a little bit of research on the politics and things that would be going yeah. on. Uh, but still, it was difficult uh, when you, you come up against people, you've got no idea what sort of power levels these NPCs are going to be at whether it's whether you can push situations or not. Mm. Uh, so it, it's it's not like a tra traditional RPG where you you have sort of levels and things like that, is it? It's yeah. just, and did it's you find the law the background to it? Because obviously we, we you got further and further into that as we as you got into the politics and you got into the sort of you know the, the context of you know the kindred society yeah. in London. Did did you find it engaging at all? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it certainly got a lot easier to work out what to do. Mm. Uh, yeah, and, and who to trust, who not to trust. I mean, we had a lot of conversations about trusting certain people and not trusting, and then mm. uh, what we could do. I mean, that, that was all the interesting bit, isn't it? Just mm. discussing how we're going to handle situations. Mm. Uh, yeah, I think it all... I mean, after I played it for, you know, what, six months, I certainly <laughs> got the hang of it. It wasn't far off six months, I don't think, was it? So, <laughs> no. it wasn't finished. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I loved I loved the idea of the pregens. I think I I like a good pregen, even though character is probably my favourite thing ever. Um, but I do like a good pregen because it forces you to play something that you wouldn't normally play, mm -hmm. and and it will open up your eyes to different styles of play and and different parts of the rules that you don't normally look at, and you can generally you know have a really good time. So so I was quite happy to to play whoever in this campaign um knowing that i didn't necessarily need to know a huge amount about that particular clan or whatever even though i kind of know quite a bit about vampire but even then the stuff that i know is is it's kind of pockets of light in the dark in the mm. world of darkness and uh, and so there are huge gaps in my knowledge so so yeah it was it was good to play this but i felt that the the uh, amnesiac thing 
is it's a double-edged sword isn't it in that it is great to, to be able to come in and claim nothing but at the same time some characters and some of the character backstories are a they're really good for this kind of thing and some of them mm. aren't and i really struggled with playing tony because he is this pragmatic fixer and i think his bio said something like you know mm. the gangster's gangster this guy is so connected yeah and i'm like but he's not because he's not dead yet. so <laughs> you've just completely uh you completely yeah. got rid of his power base and not only that but you've also made him a trans man so whatever power he has is, is even more precarious mm. and you know he's got nothing and what are you going to do with that? Whereas I think when we were looking at Dr. Banerjee, Kat's mm. character, mm. Um, because he already had um, a ghoul yep. that was loyal to him and he already had a haven and because, you know, he was set up to be this kind of complete weirdo, it didn't really matter. Yeah. And I think it's the same with Lady Catherine as well. The Ventru, she's a Ventru. It doesn't matter what she remembers because she's got her whole Ventru structure. Mm. So some of it really worked. And, mm. and I really struggled with, with Tony a lot. Um, because I wasn't too sure how to play him. And I don't think it was until the last three sessions that I worked yeah. out who he was and how I was going to play him and how I was going to use his his desires and his drive yeah. and all of those things that, that, you know, were great and interesting. I didn't even have a clue what to do with him for a long time, even though I've played Vampire a lot. And I felt that that's actually, you know, it put a lot of pressure on you as a GM to fill in things. And the stuff that I've read since... Yeah. now that i've gone back into into the campaign and read through it i'm like well all of this stuff is great and but the pressure on the on the storyteller to bring that up at the right time it's, it's you, it, it was really hard it was you can't you can't rely on the player to keep hold of it and then bring it up at the same time because a lot of the time they don't even know and they're not meant yeah. to know so so i felt that that was a little bit tricky um it was interesting mm. but i think in gameplay terms it showed possibly a lack of testing. Yeah, no, I, th I think that's right. Um, a, lot, a lot of these, you know, so-called great campaigns for things like the Noel, you know, Masks and Authority, and etc., cetera, etc., cetera, they've been playtested for you know 25, 30 years, multiple iterations, multiple versions. These, you know, mo other campaigns, they just don't get that level of exposure. So, you know, and I, I get the sense that this was very much a, a home game, or that had been written up, obviously by people who were. You know, committed and there's a lot of creativity in there as well but there were massive holes in there that you know um i think it, it, i think it, so sam's character i think sat well with him and i selected him for him because i knew that that was it was relative not that sam's not a head of playing straightforward characters but if you're in a setting you don't really understand having something you got immediate hooks to put them on to that that's helpful whereas you know, Tony, you're right, absolutely. There's stuff there that is that you need to spend a lot of time generating or working on, like networks and that sort of thing, which we didn't really have. Although we played it for six months, you know, there's a lot to get through. Um and so and again, you know, the main theme of the campaign in my mind is, you know, are you who you think you are? You know, that's the that's the thing. So you think you're this, actually, are you that? Are you and you know? Are you under the influence of somebody else or something else? And I think, you know, the memoriam thing, eventually it was like, oh, drip, drip, drip. And then I, th I just thought, oh, sod it. And I opened up the journals and I could just read it. Because <laughs> you know? it's like, it was it was hobbling so much of what we needed to do and what you wanted to do. Um, so, yeah, I think it was a great idea. Um, I think I would, I would if I was going to run it again, I would do it differently. Uh, and I think probably set the characters up differently as well. Again, you know, experience and hindsight is always good. <laughs> what about Kat, Olga, what are your, your thoughts? I think it worked quite well. Um, 
as I said, I did find it a little railroading myself mm. coming from other vampires, and that's nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just, I suspect, how it's written um, because it, I think it is an introductory to the law, yeah. and therefore I think they need to do sort of set pieces as per se. So I don't, it's not quite as open sandboxy as I would have normally played. Mm. But I thought it worked really well for for getting people introduced. Also, mm-hmm. even though I know a lot of the law from from the world of vampire doesn't mean that's going to be v5's law so yeah. it is quite nice to have little refreshers on things um as i said i enjoyed it the whole way i'm not entirely still not entirely too sure that anyone waking up with amnesia who went into talk of 70 years ago are going to be that great on the street without <laughs> making it pretty obvious out of it especially when you've got a sort of a government agency which are making it progressively yeah. more difficult for you so yeah. you know using although you wouldn't know your characters wouldn't know what mobile phones phones were you shouldn't be using them anyway so and i think so, i think there's a lot of craps and difficulties in there which is a, as a gm it's go oh try it was just it was a pain in the ass some of it frankly to try to yeah. keep that going I think, I think a lot of people would hand wave some of it yeah. and, and a lot of if you've got a pedant in your group you are going to suffer with this game that's all i would say mm. but if you've got people just go with the flow and go yeah fair enough we'll just yeah, I'm sure that somebody will quickly show you how to use a mobile phone. Mm. Hell, you know, my grandmother can learn to use an iPhone type thing. Um, I'm not sure we've ever got handed iPhones, but well, maybe Lady Catherine did because she was rich enough to get an iPhone. Um, I might have been lucky. To I get have it. people for that. Why would they use a phone? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. What did you think, Olga, in terms um, of playing a regen and sort of the whole setup, really? I mean, I don't actually know the lore that well. I don't think I know the lore very well. I've, played, I've spoken to a lot of people who know lore, and I kind of picked things up, and I read some stuff, but it doesn't mean that my brain actually retained a lot of it. So I just, some of it I do remember. And it was very interesting to play, because I've played a lot of V20, so it actually kind of um, connected pretty well for me, because mm. of V5 I've played... Uh, very little before, very few sessions, and so I couldn't remember very well the lore of V5. So it was actually really good for me because I could go. I am this uh, snobby venture from a v, almost like a V20 mindset of lore. So I don't yeah. know anything, and I have my old old school ideas of how things were and what they are different now. So I need to learn really fast. And another thing I was going to say about the whole um, uh, the the people waking up from torpor and being on the street he ended up um more like a action movie mm-hmm. than a slow burn tv show for me i think yeah. which yeah. isn't a bad thing it's a good thing it's you, you know you do want that really cool kind of you know you have to learn on the spot the lore and the setting and and you know have to react and stuff which is quite, quite interesting quite interesting to play not not what i expected at all yeah. um, i think um i mean so, so on reflection as i say look at it think oh that that worked really well I think, as you say, Kat, there are challenges doing it in play. And it, and it, well, it was it was very straightforward. The scenario was it was, you know, get the things for this guy, you know, this this individual, and then take them to him and then make decisions at the end, which may or may not be poor ones. You know, that's pretty much how it works. But I, I think because it was almost, because your characters were meant to be quite powerful kindred before you went into Torva, it meant that when you woke up, it was like, well, there's things you would have known. So I had to really race. I got the sense to just get you up to speed. And, and we mm. hand-waved a lot of it, and you jumped straight mm. into the, the politics, the setup of, of London itself. I mean, and, another thing with the vampire world, right, is that you build up a lot of contacts and backgrounds and resources yeah. over time. That's a very big part of the power mm. of the old elder, uh, you know, we were, and Silla weren't elder, but 
the older you get, the more resources you get, contacts mm. and boons and stuff, and that uh, that gives you quite a lot of uh, power to leverage to to do things slow or you know to to manipulate the plot, which we were like thrown in the deep end. So we didn't have any yeah. of that. So that was that actually freed quite a lot for us because we didn't have to make any choices with that as well. Yeah. It was different. I think in in, in terms of game time, although we played for quite a long, a long time in, in, in real time um i think it was probably about two weeks from waking up from torpor to actually comp completing the whole thing and so as you wow. say there's no yeah there's no way you could build up that level of um you know the backgrounds and but i think i mean, reflecting i think yeah yeah and i think there's it's just different ways of, of, of running it because you know obviously vampires live forever unless they get you know the wrong side of somebody but i think it would have been quite an interesting alternative way to do it would be you were a newly created coterie that were created specifically for this purpose and mm -hmm. so you didn't know the ins and outs but also because you didn't know the ins and outs no one knew who you were as well and so you could operate a little bit on the scene so, and i think that would you'd, you'd learn as you went in the game rather than an awful lot of as you remember before you went to the tour but this mm. person was the key that you know the the, uh, the prince of london whereas now they're like this and it was like it yeah i think i'd say i enjoyed it i think it was good fun i think there were um and uh, this is this well i don't know this is a, an issue with with a lot of um campaigns isn't it really unless they're real classic campaigns like masks of Thotep or whatever it might be they don't get a lot of play tests before they're published inevitably um and i got the sense with this one it was one where it was you know somebody's very passionately played home campaign that they'd written up and uh that you could tell that there were gaps in there which the, you know and you always have to do that but anyway i think so i think you know a lot of campaigns like this but i, I could see it i could see the holes uh for where yeah, I, was. Absolutely. I, I, I agree i think there was a lot i i'm not sure if it's someone's home game or it was a game that they put together to showcase mm. and it's nearly there but it kind of feels like it was at some points it does feel a little bit like oh we have a deadline yeah and that kind of really comes across a little bit. I mean, I could be mm. totally wrong about that, but it yeah. feels a little bit like it. And we kept having those visions as well. Yeah, memoriams. Were, I was going to say that that was a good tool. Which were, yeah. I couldn't really work out why the visions were, were there to show us what happened in history you know historically yeah. past what what was it there for just an opportunity for us to roll some more dice but yeah so the way it's written in the game okay is that you're supposed to have this memoriam there are actually an awful lot more than you guys went through i just i just crossed out a whole load and thinking irrelevant 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 um because so what you could do is you so yeah okay this is for listeners so basically as as these guys were heralds so these were were um vampires who'd partaken in blood from a whole range of elder vampires so the idea was that they their personalities to some extent been overwritten by these other elder vampires so really the idea was they didn't know who they were so the memoriams memoriams memoria whatever were essentially memories from these vampires of blood that they'd partaken from and it was meant to sort of show the the history of the main protagonist well, the main antagonist mithras this sort of extremely powerful vampire over time and to sort of give you views of perhaps he's not the guy that you think he is perhaps there's bad things obviously he's a vampire so that was the idea and it, you could you could do and it, 
in the book it talks about you say right you go into a memoriam and you can use your willpower and use your skills i'm thinking i'm thinking you don't want to be wasting willpower and 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 hunger dice in a dream because that just seems ridiculous um so i skated over most of that which is why i'm thinking if i was going to run it again i probably would run it with newly created vampires because then you wouldn't have the memoria you you know you'd you'd have the option and maybe do it over a longer in-game period so there's a bit more of a build-up to it. So you do build the, the contacts, the dice, the resources, you know. Um, but yeah, that's, that's yeah. I, it, it, yeah, it, it didn't, it was a bit, yeah. bit of an aside, really, I think. Yeah, but you could do that. I mean, and then just make it the, the, the second Inquisition are a little bit dimmer um, so they don't catch on to you quite so fast. Yeah. I mean, my only curious is I do have Fall of London mm. that I, I didn't read because I was playing in this. You can read it there. It's all the bits I missed out. <laughs> yeah. Hang on, uh, so, um, I haven't got to that bit yet. But um, I would, if you're going to do that, I think because one of the big things out of the new vampire world is a lot of the elders have been called mm. uh, for battle. Or, you know, a mythological thing going on. Does anybody in in the London court have a bit of a an issue with diablerie? Because if you're new vampires and you're not known, and they need to drink kindred blood to stop them from going there. They're going to drain you lot. They're just going to treat you as a little blood bank and just go, I'm going to pick this one and drain it and kill it. Um, and that's a bit of a... <laughs> but, but, I mean, that's the thing where you, you just, you know, there's a bit of GM fiat there, isn't going to actually, how do we make this playable? Um, oh, essentially, that's your extra danger, you know. Yeah. Is somebody yeah. hunting you lot down? Well, you... Somebody's always hunting. Um, I mean, I am going to run, uh, or I've offered to run a, a sort of a short sessions sort of three or four sessions for um uh for the dice and for for blithy etc because they're you know with their vampire curious side of things um and i'm going to run them as sort of pre in in london just pre-2012 so a bit of sort of almost like a as a prequel thing to it and they will be newly created so they'll be neonates in that so that'll be uh yeah a different because you've already got the the sort of the the, the political background set up um I mean, what would, because I mean, you know, Vampire, it's a game of, of angst and, you know, staring into, well, obviously you, you can look in the mirror because vampires can use mirrors now. Um, but there's also uh, politics is supposed to be a big part of the of the game. Did, did that come through? Mm. Yeah, it, it did a lot. And, and I think that's why I felt that my character was really out of place within that, because... Mm. You know, it, it was very much about the Camarilla and the politics of London, um, and obviously with the whole sort of Mithras thing. But I felt that as a, as a brouhaha, you're, you're constantly railing against this. So mm. you can't spend too much of your time ingratiating yourself with anybody because you're too busy being angry about stuff. And I really, I think, ping-ponged between extremes of, of playing Tony as the sort of, uh, is it, Ed Sheehan, is that his name? Sort of yes, like like yeah. like Klaus from from yeah. the Umbrella Academy. That oh, no. that kind of you know charming um, ex eccentric. Mm. That, that you know sort of going between that and and trying to bring out his kind of bruha fury. And I felt that certain clans are really good. Like with the Ventru, I think that um, Olga played Lady Catherine yeah. so well, so so well. And and Kat, of course, you know, even though she was she was playing. Um, uh, Edward, she was she is it Raph no it's Hecata. oh it's yes yeah, it's Hecata that's it yeah. yeah so 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 Kat playing playing the Hecata race um clan I thought was also really interesting because mm. you know for them politics is a big part of this but for the Brewheart you're just you know sort of counterculture counter politics you yeah. are the count the counter to everything else and it was almost impossible to play that with the amnesia 
and the mm. lack of a power base and the lack of connections, which is why I don't know how much we can spoil it, but later on when the yeah. familial connection comes in, I clung to that like a drowning cat in a river because I was like, <laughs> this is the thing. This is where, yeah. the, where I can play a bit of politics. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I, I felt that was good then. But yeah, it's it was, I got a tough character, I think, in terms yeah. of politics. I think it did when we had to speak to people. The problem is, is that a couple of the people that we needed to get items from were never at call. Mm. So you you kind of avoided the call, you kind of avoided going to Elysium that often. We we only went mm. a handful of times. I mean, yeah. my favourite time was still I I have to say was Tommy telling his primogen that he's a piece of shit. That is going to be forever my favourite piece. But um, we didn't go to 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 Elysium that often. Um, yeah, politics start to play in. Um, there was a lot of people privately trying to do deals with us separately on the odd occasion, like the word, but that was away from court. Mm. Um, and a lot of politics does happen at court. Yeah, I, th I kind of think the chard blew up a bit too soon, in a way. Yeah, and I think, you know, that's, again, that's the way that, so you've got these five essentially different scenarios which are playing out, and you can choose to do them in any order. Um, but I think you're right. I think, you know, um, if you've got a, a, a stable kindred or a stable, kindred side, stable as it gets anyway, um, then you do go to court and court is a very formal affair, you know, Elysium and you you meet your primogen and, you know, there's not that sort of, you know, verbal fencing and stuff. You didn't really get that at all because as you say in the game in spoilers um operation antigen hit the shard which is you know where the 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 main well where elysium takes place uh essentially the court of the prince of london and that was it it was gone <laughs> so i think i think what we got though was the and that's a very vampire the masquerade thing of there is a bigger game going on the, the mm. feeling of there is such a big world it's so complicated interwoven that we've touched some things we've maybe noticed that you know some some primogen don't like some other ones and there's power games going on but they're so above our pay grade that it's not a problem they are just not a problem we just try to do what we can do and that's a that's an also a very big feel of playing a vampire i think so mm. there was that feel of the world if we had more like uh, in-game time to go to court a few times to do the social side of it mm. which wasn't part of the of the module which is fine but i think we could have definitely is this so much it, it felt like there was so much that we could have you know you know could have manipulated people talk to them come up with you know schemes yeah. as, as somebody who played adventure <laughs> like schemes this is the place we do this oh now it's gone okay. <laughs> well, well, was that because we picked the wrong order no, or, not at all. There, there, there no, is no wrong order. Order. For example, if we'd gone to the word first, yeah. and after his really horrible offer, where Tommy wanted to kill him, and we all wanted to kill him, to be fair, um, if we'd done that, but then had to gone to Nicholas to ask for the favour, could you get the item from him, please? Mm. And we'll owe you. We could have been owing a very big favour really early on yeah and that was one of the things i was a bit disappointed by because I, I thought you know because it, 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 it well, as you learned uh sam so boons prestation this whole thing about sort of giving and receiving of of favors is a massive thing in in vampire and as you say cat that really came right towards the end and i didn't get a chance to do anything with that at all um yeah. i mean i think more yeah. more reflection on the, the I think Fallen is, is a great book. I think there's a load of good stuff in there. I think it's got some good examples of things 
how to how games might be i think weirdly i think i'd rather use it as a source book rather than a scenario pack and usually as i said right at the start of the complaint usually is yeah. they used to do a lot of source books but no scenarios so weirdly yeah because the setting yeah. and the, the the various sources that you've got in terms of interesting people and npcs mm. and, and stuff like that was absolutely great and that was the bit that was really fascinating to me but i felt that because we we had this this mission and these artifacts to find yeah. that as a coterie we were very much on point and i think was it was it only like seven or eight or nine game in game nights that we did over six months i, I think it was about uh, i think it was about 14 nights so yeah yeah we didn't we didn't spend too much time at elysium talking people's ears off we were we were getting things done and ticking boxes and and yeah. kicking ass and taking games and getting very very hungry um so <laughs> Perhaps we didn't play the politics as much as we could have done, but also we were down our Tremere, weren't we? We were yes. going to have a Tremere character. Yeah. And I think if we'd had the Tremere back in the co-tree, that would have driven a little bit more of that politics than what we Yeah. Well, that used to be the thing, yeah. Uh, it used to be the, the whatever city by night. Um, yeah. You know, your city may vary. Mm. I, was, I think I want to do Birmingham by night. That would be quite good. I have to say, I did like... The city layout and how they they seem to divvy up bits between mm. different fractions and people what people claimed was quite nice i thought that was really well thought out yeah. from what i could see domains and stuff I mean, yeah bit of a cliche with like nosferatu in the sewers but or in the underground rather but um you know the the prince claiming the actual city of london mm. Makes so much sense, mm. um, and all the very. I'm sure if we'd gone to, to track other various people, there bits that are probably I think that quite well with London. It seemed quite well laid out. I was hoping that you because there's lots of green areas in London as well, which are claimed by the lupines, by the werewolves. And I was hoping at some point you go blundering along in there, but I think uh, maybe some sam's characters by himself possibly um mm. but uh, i think the rest of you would go don't go into the trees <laughs> there's yeah. monsters in there <laughs> yeah no no <laughs> squishy adventure no i mean obviously you know so you, you, you've gone back and you've had to look at the four london books i know you've had it all the way through and you didn't read it until we we got to that point so i suppose given your reflections if you were going to run it yourself what would you what would you do differently i think you know what would your advice be to somebody if they were going to run for the london um oh, that's a tricky one i think i'd be very careful about mixing players who know a lot about vampire and the law with those who don't i think it's absolutely essential that there's a good mix and we were really fortunate i think mm. to have to have sam with his, his kind of fresh perspective on this yeah. but you know if we hadn't have had olga who knows so much more about vampire than i do um and possibly me and cat put together uh i think it might have been problematic at times because she she definitely drove things on when we were all sort of going oh the politics is a bit tricky what would my character do here uh she'd be like well, I know what the Venture would do. This is this is sort of simple and straightforward. So yeah, make sure that your players are a good mix. Yeah, would, definitely. It would be the first one. Uh, the next one that on. I was going to say. The next thing I'd do is um, have some kind of visual relationship map. That was one of the things that I really loved about working with you on on the VTT mm. was that we had this wonderful visual map of connections of people of, of who's who and what their connections are. Because unless there's some way of visualising it newer players are going to get lost completely yeah. and if you've missed a couple of sessions because real life got in the way and you come back and you're going who was that again yeah who's the primogen what's the yeah. what's the harpy do 
you know, yeah. what's Elysium again? Yeah, because yeah. there is a torrent of terms. And I think, you know, you've got the risk of, um, which I think we avoided because of the, 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 you know, the quality of the players we had. The whole thing about RuneQuest, it just feels so massive that people just, they don't want to do it wrong. And so there is a certain pressure around both as player and as a GM to, to do it right, if you like. Um, but I think, you know, yes we have people who got a lot of experience in playing but everyone was very there was no well actually you'll think you're fine there was none of that you know <laughs> actually, yeah a banu hakim wouldn't do that or whatever <laughs> who knows so we didn't get that so i think yeah it, it, it worked really well but i think you're right you need to have people who are you know there to um to share their knowledge rather than impose it which yeah. it could, could get messy um okay right so i'm tondering on <laughs> um so from your perspective um what was what was your favorite scene or element in in the game what was it that what was the thing that sort of you know you'll remember if you like apart from the complexity of playing a bruja for once uh i think what i will remember inevitably is when the rolls go wrong and we all got very very hungry um yeah. so it's when we were down in the in the underground Mm. Uh, look, trying to get through to the word and we were in a very bad place literally and figuratively and we were all getting hungrier and there was nothing but duplicity everywhere and I decided to just roll with the bad roll and let Tony uh, frenzy that yeah. for me is hugely memorable because it is the first and only time I, a character has got into a full-on yeah. hunger frenzy um, and also because at the time I felt really awful I was like I shouldn't have let this happen but it I just was but I wanted to see it what was very happened. dramatic. Yeah, yeah. It was very extremely dramatic. Um, but then I did the classic Joss Whedon thing, which is where you set up a huge piece of drama and emotional resonance, and then you undercut it by putting some humour back in. So uh, the it's fact that <laughs> that the that the Nosferatu had to essentially take off his big black leather coat and wrap Tony in it like a like like you were trying to give a cat a pill <laughs> just so that he could control tony enough to get him out of there for his own damn good that's right yeah and, and they and they staked you to sort of keep you quiet didn't they yeah so, yeah they did and we yeah. had to do some fancy footwork there with with torpor and with what the law yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah read that i'm actually not quite sure but at, at that point so i that was a point where it was a real inflection point in in the story because it could because obviously you well you know for listeners these the, the, you'd been pinned down by um uh, uh, operation antigen so essentially people hunters ready to take down the vampires and i was all ready for you to race after them and then get staked and then dragged away to a you know a rendition site and then it was i thought it's going to go down a route of where you're going to be essentially pawns of the operation antigen and so i was all ready for that to happen but it didn't and i went oh <laughs> that would have been so good anyway uh, but, but yeah, yeah. No, so, yeah so i did have a moment of it's what my character would do which we know players say that when they do stuff that they know is stupid uh and i'm like i know this is stupid but i can't stop myself and and i was quite happy for it to go that way you know if it was going to be the end of, of tony and yeah. and uh, yeah i would have happily saluted him and gone on to pick up another character and come yeah. back to somebody entirely different but but it was it was one of those sort of real critical moments where you're like, oh, what's going to happen there? <laughs> but that's fun. I mean, that's what that's that's why we play with dice, isn't it? Rather than just it other is. stories. So you just you put all the dice and see what happens, and there's nothing wrong with that at all. Um, oh, I think my favourite scene was probably there's actually been a couple to be honest um but i do think one of my favorite scene was actually pretty much nearly the last one with the reveal of mifra mm. and the fact that 
I'm kind of guessing that how he kind of got dug up or found again or out of his tool pools due to a bunch of Sabat kind of meandering around and he's kind of taken them over and I just love that grand reveal. It was really well done. And, and, and that's actually, that. and that comes, that's written into the as well. Uh, we were waiting for betrayal and we got betrayed by our own coterie members. Um, that was a classic one. That was classic. I mean, that it was, was really that was beautiful. Well I loved it. We split in half, didn't we? Yeah, and and the best thing was was it was I pretty because my character divvied out items to people, and the person who betrayed us, I deliberately gave them the item, knowing that their their grandson had been guarding it, and it was just like you get. I was sitting there, and when you were doing that, I was thinking, I was thinking, this is going to go great, because <laughs> I was I was Discord chatting uh, Kay uh, while she was doing that, so. Uh, yeah that was that was good fun. but the, the reveal oh, about the, <laughs> but the reveal about um uh mithras and how he'd sort of you know become uh his own physical form again that's that's from that's that, as it's written essentially um but yeah no that, that I, was, I was really pleased that worked out that worked out pretty well it was inevitable wasn't it it was absolutely inevitable because for me one of the weaknesses of vampire is this whole concept of multiple different clans mm. getting together in coteries you know the, the sort of relationships of convenience uh, and pragmatism and then somehow all being loyal to each other and hashtag family and all that um i'm a bit like well that's not what would really happen we'd all sort of be there for a while and eventually it would all fall apart and yeah. and i'm very glad that when it happened that that was done with great grace and good humor around the table by the Absolutely. players because it you know sometimes people can get very precious and i don't think any of us were very precious with our characters no, at, all. at all so, no, it's so good. What, what i liked was and i think you know the point about the coterie so because you the, the the characters the heralds as a son are being sort of bound together to, to essentially to do this particular task which is to deliver these artifacts to this powerful you know old vamp ancient vampire once you've done that then it basically those, those old tensions split it apart immediately and that, and that for me i thought actually that's that's classic vampire right there really, it is you know? isn't it yeah and we were you know because heralds of the sun we were a manufactured band so mm. that was always going to fall apart at some point it was just when and how and it was really nice to see that those little seeds of dissent had been planted in the character histories right from the start and it wasn't mm. until spoilers mithras returns that uh, that we would actually have to put our money where our mouth is and make it make a decision one way or the other so yeah i was actually very pleased that we split 50 50 yeah. uh, in the country i think had we done done like you know three against one it might have felt really quite awful but because yeah. it was quite equitable um it meant that it any sort of loose pvp that we did have was mostly quite jovial and i really yeah. enjoyed that what about you olga uh, i mean i really did like, like, like the last scene but like in general it was different for me to play a ventru it, it's a very mm. different mindset to like high humanity characters i've played before that that I really enjoyed being a bad guy because I have played against people like that, characters like that. I know exactly how annoying they and evil <laughs> they sound and horrible they sound. And like just just being a snobby snobby venture. Like there was the scene in the beginning where we had to give a gift to um, uh, Queen Queen Anne, mm -hmm. and we gave her that beautiful uh, teapot, I think, with a with a note where the Anarchs uh, Baron second in command is or something. Yeah, like that cool. whole like whole like setup of like. 
there's a, a secret within a secret, but there's a physical object, but also there's, you know, information is important. And, you know, that kind of exchange, that's a kind of classic, you know, we are giving you this as a symbol of we're trying to weave a story that, you know, uh, to give her a gift. And then, you know, we know that there's probably going to be more than that involved in that, you know, political kind of exchange, you know. Wheels within wheels. Yeah, well, yeah, you know, and always no think that you're trying to think ahead of you know ahead of time you know uh but you know that you're probably going to be outsmarted by them anyway there's like a bigger game happening and you upon you know just to feel that feeling um, um no I think so, yeah. it was it was great I think, and there was uh, another interesting conversation that we had which i, I really enjoyed which a classic kind of also um humanity morality thing in between the coterie remember when mm. i think um we were discussing what to do with the thin bloods and we That's had right. very diametrically opposite views within the coterie of could you ask each one of us so that we can you know make a make a make our thoughts known to the rest of the coterie and i just remember uh, just you know saying the words like how evil they sound it's just how exactly horrible L lady catherine was a definite vampire supremacist i think it's she fair was to say strong so, and yeah. stable very evil um you know uh, eradicate the, the thin bloods you know camarilla fanatic kind of that's how yeah. i played her but i really enjoyed that role play like it wasn't crucial to the overall plot it wasn't crucial yeah. to solving anything but to me that was kind of that you know that dynamic that being able to role play with other classmates about our fundamental morals was quite 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 fun and i really like i really like that that's like fundamentals i think of vampire kind of good yeah. vampire games you know that those social kind of dilemmas and dialogues you know role playing it? yeah 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 <laughs> it's all good yeah you don't need any really numbers revealed itself. for that yeah you, you literally yeah, it revealed need itself at the end didn't it yeah it did and it did it was that conversation kind of gave us the foreshadowing of what will happen because we there said our diametrically opposite kind of thoughts and that's how we separate split at the end as well so that kind of was uh, small but if it was like a series or a film or something you know it would it would have been quite a important little kind of you know uh, it, yeah. yeah 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 uh, like a, and it, 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 yeah and it just occurred because we were talking about it we did literally did not need to do to do that at all there was no role there was no it was yeah. pure social role play that's all good because as you say right in the last the last session mm -hmm. the coterie the group split right in the middle and in fact they were attacking each other which i was thinking, rubbing my hands with glee thinking this is great <laughs> so at the end it's fine in the last session maybe earlier in the P pvp is a bit more of an issue right sam over to you what about your favorite scene or favorite element of the uh, of the series well i decided quite early on that i was if i didn't understand what was going on i was going to just going to role play it quite hard anyway mm. um so that's why midway through when Tommy, my character, encountered the London drag scene, uh, and having been in Torpor for 70 years, uh, this is, seemed to be something completely new and completely liberating. Um, so he decided it's an interesting way to go. So that's why uh, Miss Tess Tickles emerged like a butterfly, uh, and and Tommy changed into a drag queen halfway through, which is which uh, unexpected, unexpected, unexpected uh, I think, for I think all sorts of reasons. <laughs> Yeah, I think everybody was quite shocked and surprised by that particular turn. But it was a really interesting, really useful way of covering up the telltale taint of a Nosferatu with the, the, the super amount of yeah. makeup. And it helped my first performance ever on stage was a critical role as well. That's right, critical success. It was, yeah, your, your singing was it was amazing and uh, so impressed by it. But uh, that was yeah, yeah. my, my favourite bit. I think. Yeah, and, it, and it was a seven foot tall drag queen attacking an antigen agent <laughs> dressed in sure. leopard skin. 
yeah, mini skirt and a, and a beehive hairdo. Yeah, great that, made, that made it slightly more terrifying. I think if you'd just been going as in as an ostrich, I mean, the fact that that I mean that in itself, it, it, just the whole layer. There's whole layers that I can't really unpick within that <laughs> of horror. But, uh, yeah. It's all good. It's all good, and and it wasn't. Um, it, it was it was funny, but it wasn't it wasn't played for laughs particularly. I mean, it was just one of the things. That no, I mean, Tom, Tom, it always there, yeah. I, yeah, I always tried to because he was a dangerous soldier. He'd always mm. tried to have a sort of empathetic side as well, mm. uh, because he had his uh, uh, the. Uh, what was it, the name of that thing that he, the cafe girl who we looked after? Oh yeah, yeah. So it's, it's touchstone. That's right. That was another yeah. thing we and, never and really course, got into <laughs> in the yeah. rules. Touchstones. And uh, Lady Catherine, of course, he he fed some blood too to keep her from going. Yep, yep. Good blood bonded. So that's, yeah, tried to be a bit empathetic with all that sort of stuff. Um, so I thought, why not? Mm, no, it was all good. It was all no, good. It's, it it was definitely memorable. Definitely memorable. What was I your favourite scene to run? My favourite scene to run. I liked when you guys were in the sewers and you were wandering around looking for a Nosferatu um, ancilla, I think it's fair to say, like an elder, um, in the, and yeah, and sort of coming across all, all sorts of weird and wonderful people. That was quite good fun. I think what was great about it was that we saw a lot of interplay between the characters, that there were differences of opinions, and it shows that, you know, coteries can be very different um and often they're just thrown together for you know without you don't want to be the same clan is what i'm saying you know i think you can run sort of or have scenarios have uh, games where you know actually there's a bit of conflict uh, as long as it's not enough to spoil the game then that's it's all good and in fact it's part of the vampire isn't it i mean in terms of future plans uh with world of darkness or, or 5e so i mean i suppose Sam, which is it something you would would you play again? Would you consider running it? Is it something that, or is it more of a you've you've done that now and put that in a box and and put that away? I definitely no, I definitely play it again. Mm. I wouldn't. I don't think I'd consider running it. It's not really my type of game for running. Mm. But uh, yeah, I definitely have a go, especially yeah. on some one shots or yeah or some short campaigns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. especially yeah. Werewolf, which I would be a bit more combat orientated, I guess. Yeah, potentially. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go and pre-order after this after this recording now, won't I? Um, <laughs> what about you, Olga? What are you? Yeah, yeah, Viv, I really liked V5. I, I'm definitely, I definitely love to play more Viv. I think I'd want to play something that's less of a linear module, but more mm -hmm. of us had more time for sandboxy ma machinations and plans and uh, and and longer kind of. Um, yeah, it's definitely a game that would reward like a long time i mean we played it for probably a good six months but i think it's sort of campaign that or sort of should, game should that we really... started in june, june 2022 we started did we so we played yeah. almost a year wow but i think you, you i think it almost like feels like it's a pretty good couple of years to really get you know, to squeeze the, the, the juice out of a, of a, a game mm -hmm. like vampire but uh, who's got time for that frankly <laughs> so all these yeah i would i would definitely play play more vampire the the, the v5 edition especially because it have the all all the new stuff with the thin bloods because thin bloods as well don't they have the alchemy as well that that mm -hmm. side is i've i know that exists i don't know the mechanics behind it um and and the you know the, the clans have been completely changed and it's all simplified so it'd be definitely interesting interesting to play i don't know about werewolf i've, I've tried werewolf before mm -hmm. and it, it it's it's fun but i don't know if that would be my my thing race and i don't know if they've redone race i know race is very complicated it's yeah. um there's also the demons as well um yeah. there's, there's a million games out there yeah <laughs> yeah millions uh, Faye I've tried before and I don't think I'd play it again because again it's more complicated. Vampire, I think V5 has mm. been the most kind of simplified 
kind of yeah. be interesting what they still do with, with werewolves, especially with the you know potentially or more potential for physical combat in that. But I suspect they'll still keep it pretty simple because um, they have with with hunter. So yeah, I'll definitely play some more vampire just because now that I've realised that there are challenges to plans it's high time that i got out of my comfort zone with that um but at the same time i also think that i still think i've been playing vampire wrong this whole time and that really i should have been spending way more time on the politics which frankly i'm not that interested in so if uh. i do if i do play because it's it is you know it's okay um but i'm more interested in in setting and interesting cool places and playing mm. with it playing with your disciplines and things like that so so i think that you know if i were going to run vampire again i would probably run it wrong uh, in the way that i've always run it wrong your, your vampire just, may vary nothing wrong with that yeah, precisely <laughs> so if i was going to run it i think there'd be a whole lot of stuff that i would i would ignore or continue to ignore um but in terms of world of darkness though it has given me hope that, that the way that the system works and the complexity and stuff is something that they're now very aware of and that they're changing so hence looking forward to werewolf um mm. probably won't go back to mage but you know if there's if there's interesting things version five they might uh, well that's true or you know if something interesting happens with wraith or, or whatever mm. you know happy to to have another go with that will so is definitely on the horizon well i have pre-ordered um vampire uh, not vampire werewolf fifth edition so uh so when that comes through and uh yeah you, you're on, on the list if you want to play that one so uh that'll be uh be good fun. I will absolutely play that one, but I will have to look at all of the various clans, uh, tribes, and make sure that I'm of the correct tribe to, to, Obviously. to be able to role play Find it, the yeah. right one. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. Thanks, Kay. That was brilliant. So that's that's great. So I'll, I'll just slot that in. Um, and uh, what about you, Kat? Um, yeah, I will continue to to play vampires. I, I've been playing it for years now, so I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm probably. I'm too fair. I really do like V5. I think it pared it right down. It's a lot easier to bring new people in, yep. um, and I'm really enjoying it. So, although I will still play the older editions on the occasion, I'm sure, but because um, I own the books and I can do so, um, I've got Hunter at the moment, and I'm looking at trying to figure out a short campaign for that. And mm. I do want to try the Werewolf because I, I like what they've done with V5. Hunter the Reckoning is actually now more playable. Mm. I like the fact the Hunters are no longer really supernaturally endowed. Yeah, because that always to me kind of didn't work in my head. It was like, well, how can you hunt them for being that? Or you <laughs> yourself, you hypocrites. Yeah, it was a little <laughs> bit like that, and it was a bit, a bit like I remember. You know, you kind of look at it and go, really? we're going that route, are we? Um, so yeah. I, I like that. I do want to try uh, either running a game of that or playing in it. Um, so I probably will try werewolf. Yeah. I've had yeah. some pretty poor experiences of werewolf in the past. Mm. But I kind of think the new edition is probably going to really hit it out of the park. Hope so. Well, if, yeah. well. if you pre-order, you get the PDF early. So we'll find, and I think it's uh, supposed to be physical copies at Gen Con. So I'm sure we'll probably get physical copies in the next month or so, probably. Uh, uh, PDF in the next month or so. So, yeah. yeah. Watch this space in a future podcast recording. <laughs> All right. Thanks very much for recording. Thank you. Okay, ish. <laughs> Thanks, Olga. Hope you feel better soon. Take it easy, Sam. Thanks, Kat. And I'll see you again. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Bye bye. Bye. Nice one. <laughs> so, hey, thanks very much for playing, guys. I think that was. <laughs>
quite challenging for all of us in terms of just <laughs> they're just, they're, they're just I, the, I think the, for you most of all steve this, yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean i think i don't know um i don't necessarily want to talk about the rules because the rules are what they are but just interested to hear your thoughts about engaging with the, the setting and the whole concept of it because i really think this is just completely outside your guys not so much sam sam's played it before but for your guys from a comfort zone perspective i mean where did it where did it feel like I, I felt like it wasn't really your your cup of tea it's fair to say i, I, I think it's it, it's probably one of the most difficult games i've played uh, in in terms of the role playing because i think the two the two things with it one is all the machinations of all mm. the different factions that you've got to kind of try and get your head around a bit that that's a bit of a barrier i think sometimes but i think the other thing is and i think you picked up on this steve last time with the issue around his daughter being sort of embraced what would your characters think versus what would you think mm. so I've, I've i've felt all the way through it a bit conflicted because you you're constantly not wanting to be a baddie yeah. you're not wanting to be a baddie you're like maggie i created a character who's a consensualist she goes to the blood bank she's not biting people in the neck and then as we were playing it i'm thinking yeah but she's a vampire she's a vampire like you said why would we object to turn his daughter into a vampire why would we 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 would but our characters wouldn't so mm -hmm. from a role-playing perspective because it's an odd thing with role-playing games isn't it you, you play characters that you, you sort of think are a bit dark or you think are a bit dodgy but they're not really you mm -hmm. tend to play the goodies even if they're a bit ambiguous you tend to play the good guys yeah and in this you you don't do you and i found that quite difficult for me personally yeah. you know yeah. i'd agree with that i thought it was tricky being the bad guys uh or rather like being encouraged not encouraged not by you see but like the system is such that you know you you kind of have to do bad shit just to keep going mm -hmm. um so i got more into it towards the end when it just became a it, like a more political sort of can you stitch it up game and i'd go one further than blithe and say the other thing that was laid on top of that was the kind of secret agendas that you all had um which uh yeah i mean that that again and i'm not a big fan of uh player versus player uh but then this game kind of seems to set you up for that um and i'm not you know certainly i mean i think you know if we were playing a longer because a lot of the systems in the game sort of play over a long period of time we're talking months years etc and you can you can do that of that but obviously we weren't that's not where we were coming from so um so i don't think it has to be player versus player but i think it, again it's not you know because you're vampires you're predators aren't you so you're always going to be trying to get one up on each other um but yeah i think i was just reflecting that i think um if you're playing vampires in a fantasy world you wouldn't think twice about it so much as you're playing vampires in London, mm. in the real world, yeah. with, and you can visualise real people, which is you know where it's set, that becomes much more of a challenge. Yeah, I, yeah, what, I think that's I think that's true. You're right there from an imaginative perspective because it's the real world. So, like the policeman's daughter, it's a it's not yeah. it's not a real teenage daughter. It's all <laughs> I know it's all made up. Of course it is, but but it it has a certain I, I think like. You, you said in one of the message groups, Martin, it feels a bit on the nose. Yeah, it's like it's like people smuggling. It makes perfect sense that vampires would do that. 
absolute perfect sense. It is a bit on the nose. I think that is the thing with it, yeah. that you feel like, yeah, some a kidnapping a teenage girl. If it was a fantasy world, it just wouldn't seem as bad. But it, it was, is, yeah. I think it was a lot grittier than I expected because I suppose my prejudice, my, my prejudice, prejudice about this game, it was full of kind of uh, goths in frilly shirts, um, sort of, you know, wafting about uh being angst ridden vampires and i didn't get that <laughs> i didn't get that at all it was pretty down and dirty from the get-go and so that did that did open my eyes a bit because i mean i I thought it was all going to be a bit little bit brad pitt but it <laughs> well was... i think we were we were angst ridden but, but, we but we were doing it wrong That's yeah, the thing, <laughs> isn't it? we were angst ridden but we were doing it wrong you're not supposed to be angst ridden no. but we weren't sort of you know like slapping our hands to our forehead, go, Oh, woe is me, I'm an immortal no, superhero. No, no, no. Uh, it's, but yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think you felt like superheroes at any point, did you? No, no, no. no that, but... was a, that was quite a surprise, actually, how, how vulnerable you were and how, how sort of crap you were as a vampire. I mean, almost everything, some of the situations we got ourselves into were because we were rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> so I always think of pathetic sharks from Viz. <laughs> <laughs> What struck me about it was um, being, uh, I think uh, myself and Martin said right at the beginning that we were on the back foot with uh, Vampire. Mm. I think you did a good job in presenting it in a different way than I was expecting. Because I think what struck me about the early um, parts of this, it was like uh, Knights Black Agents in reverse, mm. where we were the... Uh, vampires rather than the you know, the, the, the uh, super superheroes yeah. yeah yeah the agents trying to you know, stop us and uh, now there's a kind of thrill to that but I, I think like everybody else there were points of it where I kind of winced a little at some of the uh, aspects of it because you yeah. think like mor morally you feel compromised yeah. Um, because you're playing the bad guys, and um, you know, it, it, I, it, is there any fun in that? Is there fun in fun in being uh, bad in these situations? And, oh, I don't um, know, really. I'm not sure. I mean, it, it didn't. When we, I mean, be interesting from your perspective, Sam. But with that, this didn't really come through in when we were playing Fall of London. Okay, so the the campaign that's based on for London, essentially what you were playing through there was like the precursor. So basically D.I. Singh, although you never came across him, Sam, when we played it, he's quite an important part of the uh, Second Inquisition. And this was like his instigating, this is what made him into what he became, which essentially destroyed the kindred society of, of um, London in 20, you know, 2010 in you know, vampire history. Um, but what a steep learning curve with this particular adventure yeah. that you you don't really know what your power levels are, so you don't know how you can affect a lot of other things that are going on. Because the, our main missions were to to throw these two coppers off there, off the the, the trail, weren't they? Mm. And we didn't really manage to do any of that. Uh, we didn't know what really what to do or how to do it. I think it was the yeah, know, I th yeah, it's interesting. Trying to try to make steps, and yeah. it, was quite, it was quite open, wasn't it? Like it was quite yeah. sandboxy. And I, yeah, I think I wanted it to be that way in as much because I wanted to, to explore a bit of the, because I was conscious that it was a relatively small 
number of sessions and i wanted to be like okay let's try bits of the the vampire world so a bit of the camarilla a bit of the anarchs bit of you know losing humanity etc etc um and i was conscious that because when we played fall of london which is very is not sandboxy at all it's pretty it's you're pretty railroading in a lot of ways mm. but i just thought it's such an interesting background just throw it open but you're, you're absolutely right um chris in as much as this is the as the person running it felt a lot although i used knights black agents so things like the you know the people smuggling operation is what ken height talks about as how you know how the vampires set their cities up so i used and i thought actually this so we sort of skated over that didn't we because it felt uncomfortable coming at it from that perspective so yeah i think it is it's an interesting game I, I'm, I'm not and i'm not entirely sure how to pitch it so i think superheroes with fangs is probably easier you know it's almost like you just skate over the fact okay you have to drink blood but then you're doing you know you're fighting other vampires it's more that sort of stuff where then you start to interact more with the mortal world then it becomes more problematic in my head so mm. yeah interesting. Well, we, we, we discussed this with um, somebody who uh Rudrick, who was really immersed in the world of doing it as a lap mm. and he had a lot of familiarity with the world and the different uh, factions that are involved in it. And he got quite excited when we explained the predicament that we were in. And he said, oh yeah, this is great because you can play one side against the other. They don't need to know who you are. And we thought, this is really exciting. But we didn't really know enough about our placings in the world to actually yeah. leverage that and i think that is yeah. it, it is one of those um uh, settings where you really need to know the nuances of uh, the different elements that are in play to really get the benefit of it i would agree yeah. with that and i think it's a bit of a i mean lots of games have settings and, and lots of games have detailed settings but often there's often a way into those games without knowing the setting, but it did feel with this that, that as like Sam suggested, you don't quite know your power level. And Chris has said you, there's all these kind of factions. You don't quite know how you difficult to know you fit into it unless you have a mm. very thorough understanding of it. So in a weird way of all the games I've ever played, it's probably the one where I'd say the setting is the biggest barrier. Mm. I mean, people talk about Glorantha or whatever, but there's ways into that. There are ways, easy ways into those games, you know, where you can do something simple. And whilst this was started off as being quite simple, what we had to do, it felt increasingly complicated because you thought, oh, there's this world and there's this the coterie and the Camarillo and the factions. Oh, blimey, you know, how do we fit into all this? You know, <laughs> and it, that's it's quite difficult to, yeah. you know, get I, your head into, I think. I totally agree with that. I think. I'm not afraid of games with lots of lore, but this one seemed like you either had to know it all, you had to know, like the entry level was really high mm. uh, in terms of how much lore you had to know to, to make the game kind of accessible. Whereas Glantha, you can do you can do a dungeon bash against Trollkin and you, know, you can kind of work your way like an ever-expanding circle of, of lore knowledge, whereas here I felt you needed to to know a little bit more. And you you guided us through it. Like So the big meeting at the Shard, I think that gave us like a, a, a bit of an insight into what was going on. Um, and so that was really helpful. I think um, um, I think you're right. I mean, the, I mean, I don't know all the, the background. Also, when we played with, with Sam and with Kat and... Um, uh, uh, 
pay, etc. Um, they know all that stuff. So basically, just, I just relied on them to just, they just talked about it and then they, it's all they constructed themselves. They didn't need me to do it. I think if I was, because again, you know, the idea is to try and give you a bit of sense, okay, this is what it's like, this is how it works. If I was going to start from, okay, let's just start from, from like a really simple setup, it would be like a near dark setting. So you're just a group of vampires who suddenly fight, someone's just created a bunch of vampires out in the desert, go. Mm. But then it becomes, I don't know, it's a different play experience. It's a lot simpler, but you don't get that exposure to, right, what is vampire really about, which is this whole Camarilla, Church of Cain. We didn't even touch on the Church of Cain, all this stuff going on. But again, you know, I say it's it's it can be a, as as you say, Sam. It's a massive uh, can be a massive learning curve. Yeah. I think um, you did a you did a good job of guiding us through it, you know, and, and giving us that insight. Because, like you say, if you do it as a near dark thing, it becomes a different game, doesn't it? It becomes like a, a you could imagine playing it as a kind survival of, horror, isn't it? Yeah, vampire, vampire survival yeah. horror. You've got to survive as a vampire, and people are are going to be hunting you. And I must admit, when I created my character, I, I imagined we'd have vampire hunters coming after us and things like that and of course you don't really that's not really what it's about at all you're more you're more at threat from the other vampires you know the fact or, or right? yourselves yeah yourself <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah, yeah. i mean because I, I was very keen to to play a christopher lee type <laughs> character because i think you know somebody says to me vampire i think christopher lee uh and obviously, there's there's not much of a role for the Christopher Lee vampire in the world of vampire, is there? He's kind of like, uh, well, maybe on the venture. That's why I chose a venture because mm -hmm. clearly they're the most Christopher Lee like. Uh, but but yeah, it was, it, I kind of got that bit toward the end. Yeah, I think I like Chris's idea of it's kind of knights, black agents in reverse, set in London. So it's sort of Neesden's black agents. Yeah, uh, sort of. Uh, <laughs> And that's where, I was, that's where I was trying to come from again, like, you know, look at the conspiracy in um, Knights yeah. Black Agents. Actually, you could, the, 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 the Fall of London would be a brilliant setting for that if you played Knights Black Agents in that setting because it's, it's all set up for you in there. Um, but, yeah, yeah. But, no, I mean, yeah, th I mean, thanks for playing. It's it good fun to run it. I think it is, you know, it gave me a lot of bit. I think there's one, having an open world setting is great. But then it means that characters, play characters, can do anything at all. And so, trying okay, so how do we weave this into some sort of a conclusion? <laughs> Hopefully, we got there in the end. Uh, I knew yeah. roughly who I wanted to get to, but you know, it's, it's always possible, isn't it? I did, I did like a challenge that you gave us, uh, Steve, in the fact that we, what what you said was, you know, you are not superheroes. You are uh, people. You, you're monsters, and um, you know the the mechanics kind of supported that approach, didn't they? And I think that's what really challenged us all as yeah. uh, as uh, uh, role playing it. Uh, it. That idea that you are the monsters, we are the bad guys, and um, I think because we are people who probably um, ponder on these kind of moral compromises. We kind of overthought it at points, and I think uh, that's where we find it difficult. I don't know what the other players felt. No, we've, been, we've been playing this game as a, a Game of Thrones style fantasy game. I don't think we've had any, any problems with the morality of it. You know, and somebody else, another house, just go and kill them, turn their daughters, whatever. But because it's more modern day, it's a lot closer to where we're actually at. I think we're all 
sort of fathers and things, so it's all a little bit dodgy. So, yeah, I would agree. I think I think that is the main problem with it. It's it's just that, and and a bit like you said, Sam, where we at times we didn't know what to do. I think part of that for me was because of that moral thing of thinking. Well, I know what I could do, but. I don't ever want to do I it. I don't want to do it. I don't want yeah, to do exactly. it. But, but, yeah, yeah. but then at the same time, I think your comment last session is, is, is right, gets to the heart of it. But I don't want to do it. But would Maggie do it? Because Maggie's a vampire. So maybe she would. <laughs> but I didn't want it. It's interesting, isn't it, that like something that's ostensibly a game, well, it is a game, but uh, you... As you say, you said right. Morally, how do, how do we deal with this? What's how, what do we feel comfortable with? What do we, don't we feel uncomfortable with? So, for example, at the moment, I'm reading a lot of forbidden lands, and there's a there's a lot of um, like slavery built into the background there. And some of the adventure sites are pretty unpleasant. And I was thinking, actually, I'm not entirely comfortable with this stuff, you know. Um, so, and I, but I think it's interesting. Again, it sort of forces you to probably confront things and just consider you know it's not all fun and games is it it's actually you know there's things that we say that yes this, yes this but no to that and i think that's that's an interesting sort of um mental exercise isn't it really it's, it's the only i think it's the only game i've ever played where i would imagine i could end up using an x card as a yeah. player yeah. i mean I've, I've played loads of games where people get x cards out and i've never ever thought i'm gonna have to use that i'm gonna have to tap that x card because something's gonna crop up Call of Cthulhu, all sorts of games, you know, you think, yeah, 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 it's horror, it's this, it's that, it's violent. But this is the one game where I thought, I can imagine playing this and going, oh, no, it's happening. And we did do that collectively, didn't we? In between uh, sessions, we went, do you know what, this thing about human trafficking, we're just, we're just, gonna, yeah. we're just not going to refer to that again. You know, that's it. Yeah. You know, yeah. and so we collectively touched the X card on that one, yeah. uh, which is, you know, quite right. Well, from, um, well, from, that, from that perspective, it is, has been really interesting because. It, it's put us in that position as gamers, yeah. and and you know you don't end up in that position a lot of the time, do you? Because you avoid yeah. that, you know. And I think I mean I don't know because I didn't play in your other game of it, but I think if you if your game then is just becoming the kind of well, who's got is it the Camarilla or the Anarchs who are one up? Maybe you do lose something if that's the whole game. Mm. If you don't, if you aren't kind of trying to bump off a copper. Uh, then you do lose that kind of moral conflict that I think, although we didn't really like some of it and some of it was a bit on the nose, as we said, mm -hmm. it did make the game interesting. Mm. But whether, whether if it was just factions of vampires playing one-upmanship on each other, then the dimension gets lost, doesn't it? Well, it's it's just different then, isn't it? I suppose, but yeah, but no, it's, it's like yeah. As I say, thanks for playing. I think it was it was fun. It was great. It's very different to running it beforehand. Um, yeah, and I think if I was going to revisit the world of darkness, it would probably be through um, Werewolf, which is a completely different experience in that one, uh -huh. uh, or maybe Hunter, which is more like Knights Black Agents. But uh, but yeah. So, any final thoughts? We are we done? I think it's it's late no, now. Just, just to say thanks, Steve, because I mean, no, it, thanks it, again for playing. It, it it was essentially the game that put me in the deep freeze in many ways. So <laughs> put you back in this time, though. No, no, I'm glad I've driven a stake through its heart, as it were. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm pleased, pleased to pleased to have done that. Yeah, great stuff. Yeah, thanks for running. Well, it was good um, to play this game with you, where it felt comfortable and you managed it really well. 
and I have to say that this is the game where I've spoken the most about morality and uh, some of the kind of ethics around role-playing games and and experiences I'm not really experienced uh, uh, about role-playing so I, I thank you for that because I think it's kind of touched areas I've not really encountered before. I think it is areas you didn't uh, want touched ever. Yeah, <laughs> frankly, yeah, yeah. Leave those areas alone. I would yeah. agree. I would agree with that because I think that's that's very true. In that you can sometimes be dismissive of those things when you're gaming because mm. the idea that people might get upset or this, that, and the other. I, I sometimes think, oh, come on, you know, come on, it's a game, it's made up stuff. But then we've we've all found ourselves in a position with this where we thought, oh, hang on. You know, so it's kind of it is good to be put in that position. And yeah, thanks for running it because I think it's good to good for someone to run it. You was also kind of exploring it with us as well, which I think made it made it more kind of palatable and enjoyable. I think. Yeah. Well, it was, all, it was good fun, and so thanks for thanks for playing. But uh, take it easy, and uh, I think my ne I think next week it's uh, for me it's uh, Savage Worlds on Wednesday, which is a completely different experience, and then uh, Forbidden Lands. Which is horrible, but in a slightly different way. So, <laughs> <laughs> right, thanks guys. for playing, guys. All right, yeah. thanks for recording. Thanks, guys. Take it easy. Hey, yeah. Cheers. Bye bye. bye bye. Thanks, Sam. Bye. See you. Thanks for listening to another exploration of my gaming vexes. If you've got any thoughts you'd like to add to what you've heard here, or a gaming vex of your own you'd like to offer up for discussion, you can get in touch with me on Blue Sky via at allanth.bsky.social or via Discord as allanth.vex. Until next time, may all of your games be free of vexatiousness and be excellent to each other always.